0: Are vaccine information coalition you're listening to progressive radio network the most listened to commercial free and truth radio program in the world my name is renee and the title of our show is what in the cell is going on we're on every monday at 2 p.m eastern which could be accessed live on prn.live or you could also call in 641-793-7091 we are blessed today to once again have Anthony Samaroff. Are you there, Anthony?
1: Yes, I am. Thank you so much for me on the show.
0: Yes, Anthony, it's, it's such a blessing to have you on again, sir. And just to remind the audience and/or introduce you to people that have not heard your previous shows, um, this is the gentleman that is taken the wisdom that the our creator gave to my late husband, Gary Tunsky. And he is writing the book. He always talked about writing uh, called What in the Cell is Going On. Anthony's an editor, and I'll let him give some more explanation of his credentials. But he is the gentleman that contacted me after my husband passed away, not even knowing he had passed away, and said I have a surprise for him. And I had to share with him on our first meeting that Gary's heart had stopped because of steroid abuse. Mm. And long, short, Anthony, I love you. I thank you and just uh, appreciate you being with us today.
1: Thank you so much, and and people can access your late husband's articles, chapters from the forthcoming book, which is still in progress. In fact, um, I've I've been coming back to it just today, um, so there will be more Ga- Gary Tunsky articles to come um, at TerrainScience.com, There's a whole bunch of them up there, and they're 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 available to read now. Um, as, as well as my articles and articles from a lot of writers, you know, if Gary was alive today, there would be a lot of demand for him on podcasts because a lot of people are talking about terrain, we call it terrain science now because your your usual co-host, um, Dr. Drew once said on the show, we shouldn't really call it terrain theory because it's terrain science and um, um, terrain, the the terrain the, the, the terrain hypothesis or however you want to put it that's how the body works so what we're what we're trying to do is we're trying to delineate the details of how the body works and and if you live by the laws of how the the body works then um you can restore health to the body and how you can restore health to the body and how the pharmacological approach doesn't usually work for most people most of the time. In fact, we have quotes from um, people from mainstream drug companies saying things like, "Eh, here's Dr. Alan Roses, the worldwide president of genetics at Glasgow Smith-Kline in 2003. He said that the vast majority of drugs, more than 90% of them, only work in 30 or 50% of people. So that's the, the vice president of a, of genetics at a drug company saying that. And I, I would say he's probably optimistic, to be honest.
0: Yes, and I love the way you give statistics. That's one thing you are doing beyond even the wisdom my husband had. Um, you're taking his simplicity, because Gary was very anointed to make a fourth grader be able to understand mm-hmm. the simplicity right. of what in the mm-hmm. cell is going on. So I love the way that your articles, which on and just so everybody knows your website, terrainscience.com, as well as I have a bunch of them on the treatment link of the vacinfo.org website and I will be adding more to it, whatever I'm not the not on the terrain science, but I'm gonna be linking everything because it's all about waking people up and giving them the option, Anthony, because so many people just don't know that there's another option, like for cancer. They don't know that there's anything other than chemotherapy and radiation, you know? Yeah, and
1: I'd like to be, um, I'd like to say a little bit about that. There's, if you come to a proper understanding of how the science is conducted in a field like cancer, you will disillusion yourself of the view. That these treatments can be effective for example you can get a cancer drug approved in the united states and probably in most countries by demonstrating that the drug shrinks a tumor but here's the thing there's stacks and stacks of studies in the literature for oncology that demonstrate that shrinking a tumor doesn't necessarily make a a patient live longer or give them a better life. So if you just go by their own standards, by their own studies, on one hand, they're saying, yeah, I mean, you can shrink a tumor, but it might come back really quickly, or the patient might die of something else, the patient might die of the treatment. Okay, maybe they'll shrink the tumor, but the patient will become so weak, they'll get a series of infections and die, right?
0: That's what it poison. They're poisoning the whole body. You're killing right. off the cancer, the tumors, and the, the good cells. And that's right. Why we have to target it naturally, but they're mm-hmm. not taught this in medical school. They're only taught with the, the only tools they have in their toolbox is chemo and radiation. And then, of course, they use, instead of having power, love, and sound mind, the scriptures talk about from our Creator, they literally... You know, they fear. They make us. They scare us. I have a lady right now that contacted me day before yesterday. She was just diagnosed with four-stage lymphoma, which mm-hmm. is one of the cancers that was my husband's worst nightmare. That and, uh, and prostate cancer, or no, uh, pancreatic cancer, that was the hardest, you know, cellular malfunctions he yeah. had to deal with. Um, but anyway, my point is, is they scared her. She had already started chemotherapy because as soon as they gave her the, the label of lymphoma you know, fourth stage, she immediately started taking the poison, not knowing there was another option or creator's way. You know, Gary was an expert at reversing cancers 30 years before I even met him. Mm-hmm. I could share so many testimonies on cancer that was reversed right. without chemotherapy and radiation. You know, the leaves of a tree is like the Bible says.
1: Right. So, So, even according to their own standards, it's right there, in their own papers, that you can you can get a cancer treatment approved without even proving increases a, a, a increases a patient's lifespan or their quality of life. So 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 that if you look if you look at their own papers, you'll find that they're admitting this. Um, now sometimes you might need surgery if, if the tumor is impacting upon your let's say your colon and you can't go to the toilet or something like that but but as gary as your late husband gary tunsky would say the tumor is just the most conspicuous symptom of cancer which is a system-wide disease and because in the holistic view everything is systemic there's no use only treating the tumor.
0: That's right. Well, like Gary would teach, the simplicity is that the tumor is not even the cancer, and that's how off-base oncologists are taught by the drug companies, that the tumor is the cancer. The tumor is our creator's way of taking all the toxins you've been injecting with vaccinations from the SB 40 monkey viruses, what you've been eating and breathing and drinking, compounding toxicities Mm -hmm. to the cells, uh, and compounding insufficiency. So father actually puts a fibrogen protein wrap, Gary would teach, around those toxins and attaches it somewhere for protection. Mm-hmm. So what's the first thing the oncologists are taught by the drug companies? To do a biopsy, pop the intelligent bubble, and they wonder why it metastasizes and comes back. Hello, you just poison the whole entire cellular terrain it's it says cancer process gary would work with and that's how he taught that it's the cancer process but it, that the cancer process has been incubating 10 20 30 years you know from your original poisons they injected into you from a child like i said the polio vaccine specifically um, had sb40 simian virus number 40 meaning the 40th monkey virus found that they're finding it in cancer tumors mm-hmm. so everybody has cancer cells But the difference is, is your immune system, your cellular terrain compromised to where that fibrogen protein wrap develops and the father attaches it somewhere? Or or is your immune system vibrant and strong, you know, to where they won't manifest? The cancer cells won't manifest into a fibrogen protein wrap. So it's it's, like I said, we're where a fourth grader can understand it. And I'm just so excited you're putting it in writing
1: right so and then if you take on from what we're saying how does this continue if when you know the details and their own studies say that um the, the, the i mean i've got i think i've got a uh, um, an article on this on on cancer uh, on cancer treatment one of my own coming up or it's maybe on terrainscience.com but this has continued because the government uses money that is taken from people at gunpoint if necessary through the tax system to pay for these cancer treatments through medicare and medicaid and the insurance companies for those who are in employment will pay for these cancer treatments even though they're not backed up by good science
0: Mary yeah, so, used to call it sickness incorporated. I mean, you have sick insurance. You don't have health insurance. We never had an insurance plan when we were together You know, 12 years. We never had sick insurance. They wouldn't cover, you know, natural treatment from, you know, from the leaves of the trees and, 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 and healing like a broken arm or a cut in the finger. The body's intelligent because creation's not allowed in medical school. That's the problem.
1: Right, okay, so let's let's take it on from there. Why do the government and private insurers think that these treatments are are effective? And we're meant to have this thing called evidence-based medicine. And you know, when Gandhi was asked what he thought about Western civilization, he said, well, it sounds like a good idea. And I say the same about evidence-based medicine. It sounds like a good idea. What what evidence medicine means in real life is, I call it authority-based medicine. Before, now doctors were always trained in the pharmaceutical system, but in the past at least they had something called the biomedical model where they were taught to try, I don't agree with the biomedical model, by the way, but at least they were, to try and understand illness and treat it based on their wits, based on their own understanding. What evidence-based medicine means is that increasingly organizations like the CDC, uh, whatever it is, AMA, FDA, um, uh, they they write guidelines. And doctors need to follow the guidelines whether they like it or not, whether they know better than the guidelines or not. The guidelines are meant to be based on the evidence, but actually they're based upon the evidence of those who can afford to pay for it because almost all drug trials are funded by pharma. Not only that, but more than 50% of the budget of the FDA department responsible for approving drugs comes from pharma. Not only that, the journals profit from advertising pharmaceuticals com- from from advertising pharmaceuticals in the journal, and from selling reprints of articles that appear in the journal back to the pharma company so they can send it out to doctors. Then you've got these patient a- advocacy groups: the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetes Association, etc. These make recommendations to the government on what the guidelines should say. Well, the rest is just easy. All pharma need to do is make sure that they contribute generously to all of these patient advocacy groups, the Diabetes Association, the cancer, the heart disease, the multiple sclerosis. Then they put their former employees on the boards of these um, organizations when you look at any of these organizations and um, all of them they all have conflicts of interest and um, they're all receiving money from pharma and they've all got people on their boards who have you know who have who have links to pharma and um, when you look at who writes the guidelines they're all they all have conflicts of interest and um, they, well, not, you know, I, I say all of them, but I'm talking about if there's a board of 21 people, I'd be like 17 or 18 people on the board had declared conflicts of interest. Mm-hmm. So once you centralize the power and you say you've got this thing that sounds great, who wouldn't want evidence-based medicine? If I was going to put a drug into my body that extremely changed my biochemistry, I'd want to make sure it was by some good Solid science. So, evidence based medicine sounds great, but what it really means is that the government dictates to doctors what to do through the regulatory body, and the regulatory body and everyone who's consulted on what the guidelines should be ultimately is in the pay of pharma. And when I say they're on the pay of pharma, and this is the real kicker, it's you, it's me, it's patients. Patients pay more money for drugs so that pharma can buy off all the associations, whether they like to or not. Because either you're paying because you're going for treatment or you're paying out of the tax system. And that is how the whole medical mafia is formed. This could never happen in a situation where the best treatment at the best price with the least harmful side effects would prevail. It can only happen in this mafia system where the government props up treatments that aren't very effective but do keep people ill and keep them returning as customers because that that's how the money is generated to keep the system going.
0: That's exactly, what you know, him and I for 15 years, and he's been gone four years, um, so 20 years have been teaching, as well as many, uh, Gary Noll included, who owns the station, that, you know, sickness Incorporated's big business. And, and it's not just for cancer. We're talking about every label the drug companies come up with. Um, you know, diabetes, fibromyalgia, they keep coming up with different cellular malfunctions that the simplicity of it is that the cells, our creator gives us 72 trillion plus cells. When they malfunction, we malfunction right. due to the compounding toxins and the compounding insufficiencies. And that's why the cleanse that I'm still continuing that my husband developed, it cleans up the cells, it reduces the toxic level from all the toxins we've been ingesting since pre-birth. Um, and then you know, and then feeding the leaves of the trees to the cells, the nutrition. That's why it's a vegan diet, um, mm-hmm. and that's the most the healthiest, you know, bug spray free diet, of course.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so if you can get those juices in and um, uh, castor oil pack over the liver to help the liver cleanse itself, um, and things like that, it, it makes it makes a huge difference. So. I can take one of these prints. Okay, so when I say shrinking a tumor does not necessarily increase the length of life or the quality of life of the patient, this this is a principle that goes through um, medicine and they really, really like to do this. Um, So for example, statins, they can be approved based on the fact that they lower cholesterol without actually proving that the drug increases the lifespan or the quality of life as a patient. You might not die of a heart attack, but you might get cancer instead. Maybe, maybe you die at exactly the same time, but not of a heart. Attack. But you might have much worse symptoms. You might um, because you get side effects from the drug, which is okay as far as the pharmaceutical industry is concerned, because they can sell you more drugs to treat the side effects. So one thing they really like doing is treating what they call surrogate markers so that is something like the size of a tumor or cholesterol or heart rate or blood pressure or your weight so and then they say well the the patient's not obese anymore because we gave them this fat lowering drug so they must be at lower risk of diabetes because obese obese people are at an increased lower risk of diabetes well but they don't prove it. they don't go out and do a long study to prove that just because the patient is skinnier they actually don't contract diabetes or they live longer because that takes a long time and a lot of money and this is just one of the dirty tricks that pharma companies i mean openly use and if this was happening in the holistic world you know if this was, if naturopaths were doing this They'd been they'd been dragged out. You know, there'd be front page news articles about it. But it goes on because everyone's being paid off by the pharmaceutical companies and a lot of people are making money from these kinds of hijinks.
0: That's right. Well, lot Dr. True and I have taught many times on past shows and even uh, forensic nurse Rachel Seller that, that, you know, for a pharmaceutical drug to even be approved, it has to have LD50 in there, which means lethal dose 50. And this is why they can't patent, you know, the leaves of the trees like organic vegetables. Mm-hmm. They, can't, they, they can't have that as a, you know, so you can't poison your cells to health. And that's right. why it just snips the wire, as Gary would talk to the blinking right. blink oil light in your car, opposed to, you know, we put the, the, we put oil in the engine. You know, we, we kick in that self-healing doctor because of the intelligence from our, our creator.
1: And I think it would be really wonderful if you got Dr. Jennifer Daniels, who wrote the book, The Lethal Dose, uh, where she really promoted that uh, knowledge of that um, claim that you just made, that you need to have that lethal dose to have um, I, I'd, I'd more than happily interview her with you if you'd love to do that one time. Absolutely. Um she she has a hero, and, and she she put me on to a couple of a couple of things myself. So,
0: yeah, a forensic nurse called me. She told me about the past show that uh, since the Cypro pharmaceutical drug, which is the last one I took when my son was two years old. um, He's now 26 or 20, you know, long time. Uh, Anyway, and since the Cypro drug, they've had this LD, the LD50. um, And and anyway, it's just it's crazy how they just think that they can, you know, put more toxins in the cells to reverse not only cancer, but every label they teach the, the, the medical doctors, every one of them.
1: Well, I mean, it's because, as your late husband used to teach, they think the symptom is the disease. So if you make the symptom go away in that paradigm, it looks like you've cured the patient. We understand that um, symptoms are just, for the main part, the body trying to... um, Will repair itself you know if you get a running nose or you've got the you know you need to run off to the loo too quickly these are purging me- These are purging mechanisms by which the body gets rid of toxins so in the short term your husband used to teach you can use a pharmaceutical drug to comfort the patient but only in conjunction with a detoxification program and a uh, uh, Well, a nutrition program, uh, you need need the necessary components to build healthy tissues and you need to remove those things which make unhealthy tissues from them.
0: That's right. The analogy I use when people call with any cellular malfunction is it's like trying to, you know, having a plate of food in front of you and putting your hand over your mouth. How much food's going to actually get into your mouth? That's the same with the cell. If it's toxic buildup from just years and years of compounding toxicity, and compounding insufficiency. The cleanse is not even an option, no matter what label it is. And even with this lymphoma cancer fourth stage, um, I, I said that it's not even an option. We have to clean up your cells first, but something like that, we'd have to get more aggressive with a home wellness center and, and different things that we offer. Um, but definitely the cleanse is not even an option with any type of cellular malfunction. And that was the brilliancy of, of Gary and that you're continuing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I can say for myself, I went. I've gone under pros, undergone the process of a lot of detoxification, and then um, I, I reversed skin conditions first, and my digestion got better. I used to have like um, eczema and kind of like psoriasis, um, and that cleared up. But more most recently, like I I was intolerant to foods like uh, wheat and dairy, but I can eat them now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and when I reversed the intolerance, I just got so hungry. Like, I was eating so much food. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I'd done the detoxification and it was time for me to rebuild my tissues. That's and,
0: right. And, and just, just to share the wisdom that Father's given me over the years of, even before Gary, um, with the MMR vaccine, the measles, mumps, rubella, they give babies between 12 and 15 months of age. That's causing the gastrointestinal issues this is why the wheat and dairy was an issue was this was dr andrew wakefield's research from london um where it would cause assertive colitis and have an intestine the swell in the intestine plus they gmo the wheat and all that but um but there's no question that you know just by healing everything and and getting the toxins out which is exactly what was happening and i know you know this already because you've studied all gary's work the skin's the biggest elimination, so eczema, and psoriasis, and all that kind of stuff is just poisons trying to come out of the largest way of coming out, opposed to just urine and fecal. The skin opens up and releases these toxins. That's why it's so important to not only cleanse twice a year, but also to change your lifestyle and to to to, to you know eat primarily the way that it's, we're designed to eat and stay away from the Franken food that the world, the enemy, has put out there that's not even real food. You know, Gary used to say it's like eating the cardboard box it came in, you know, but you have more nutrition in the cardboard box that something comes in or the card, you know, the plastic bag or the, you know, the paper bag than even in the food that they will eat today. And uh, there's no nutrition.
1: Yeah, and it can be frustrating and confounding for people because it takes quite a while to cleanse. And you might be wondering, you know. You might get some modest results and uh, wonder how long it takes, but you really need to get deep into the cells. And yeah, I'm, I'm now like I think a game changer for me was castor oil packs uh, over the liver, um, and and that's something I mean I don't know if you want me to talk about it or
0: oh absolutely we have it in our manual that comes with our 21 day cleanse we teach them yeah. how to yeah just to draw out the toxins from the liver as well as coffee enemas are really important too
1: oh yeah because I, I did a lot of fasting and things like that Uh, and i got result i got good results from it but uh things didn't things didn't tip it's the 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 cease do you call it that the cease didn't tip i didn't reach the tipping point until i started integrating liver cleanse programs and protocols so i just want to um remind people that that's really an important component of detoxification if that's something you're trying to pursue so You know, they've got a lot of tricks that they use to make, to make, like, one of the big problems that we face is when you speak to Joe Public, they come at you like, oh, pharmaceutical medicine is very scientific, and anything that's out of, anything that's outside of the pharmaceuticals is not scientific. For example, this joke that goes around, which is, what do you call a medicine what do you call an alternative medicine that's been proven to work? A medicine. And I'm sure people think that's very funny, but it's not actually clever and it's not actually accurate, because I can give you four examples off the top of my head that prove that that's not true. First of all, Um, Doctors are not actually allowed to prescribe anything except for pharmaceuticals and surgery, even if it's proven to work. So anything that's proven to work would not be classed as a medicine unless it was a pharmaceutical or surgery. Secondly, um, there's stacks of studies that show that nutrition-based protocols can reverse diseases, but doctors are not allowed to prescribe them. And they're not called medicines, even if they've been proven to work in double-blind, peer-reviewed studies. Um, Thirdly, um, most drugs, at least half of drugs or around half of drugs, are actually made from active ingredients from herbal medicines or herbs, or herbs, as you say. So what they're doing is they're taking an herb that maybe has been used for centuries or thousands of years, And they're going. What in this is reversing the disease? They're isolating that compound, which means you don't get all the other stuff in that herb that maybe mitigate the side effects. And then they purify it, or they'll add an atom to it so that they can patent it. The question is, like, why are they see see if the pharmaceutical companies say that herbal medicine doesn't work? Why are they taking ingredients out of herbs to make their medications? and like making analogues of them in a lab, you know, and things like that. So the herbal medicine will not be prescribed. The herb will not be prescribed. It can't be patented, and it will not be classed as a medicine. So this already shows that it's not true that if a alternative medicine has been proven to work, it's called a medicine. They won't call it a medicine even if it has been proven to work. Um, would you like to come in?
0: Well, I, I'm just thinking of of uh, just, I'm starting the to cleanse tomorrow. I juice fast only. I'm going to be doing three juices a day for 21 days. Um, so I know the effects of it, and I'm, I'm so excited to get started. My, my cells are just so, uh, so excited to be putting pure nutrition into my cells. But I was just wanting to comment real fast on uh, something huge someone just sent me. I was looking for it while you were talking, but I can't find the email. But I just had an email um, that Stephen Meyer, who... I literally would, after my presentation that me and Gary did all over the world, um, after I would do my event in honor of my baby girl, Gary would get up and I'd put this video of Stephen Myers from some other school I, I forgot what it was, but anyway, I put a video of the animation of the inner workings of the cell behind Gary, like on the screen. You know, I would do a PowerPoint presentation, but I'd put the cell because Gary just never he, he he wasn't a PowerPoint guy. Every time I do it, it would malfunction. So I would just put the cell on and then he would just talk all about the cell. Well, back to Stephen Meyer, somebody just sent me an email that he has just wrote a book. I can't even remember the name of it, but basically the, the gist of it is that medical doctors, they are led to believe in evolution by the time they come out of medical school. They're not the intelligence is not allowed. And what this Stephen Meyer has wrote is a book basically proving that that's wrong and that creation that is real. So I'm real excited to get this book. I just received the email yesterday. And like, I I don't even remember the name of the book right now off the top of my head, but that's what it was. And it was just... It was just so divine for me, the fact that that was always what Gary wanted playing as he would do his live presentations behind him, because it just shows the intelligence, you know, of our creator. You know, I mean, like I said, like a broken arm or a cut in the finger, the body knows how to heal on its own when you reduce those levels. Of toxins in the cells, compounding toxicities, and you give the leaves of the trees, you give the the nutrition, the the you know the enzymes, the you know not heating and and baking and broiling to kill off the live enzymes. You're giving it straight to the blood. You know my cells will be getting to a 21 days pure nutrition from from our from our Creator, and it's an right. amazing cleanse that He developed that I'm continuing. Hallelujah. And-
1: there's a there's an existing book called the miracle of the cell which goes into so much detail about how um inexplicable it is that um that that cell that cell even how complicated how amazing how co- you know complex it is that it even functions the way that it does it, it, it's a, it's, it,
0: life is a miracle right it's amazing. It's amazing to see the results that we see, and and how how intelligent it is. And uh, you know, for, for a medical doctor to come out with that, and I have several of them, not only medical but chiropractors, different doctors are coming to me because they're opening their eyes, you know, seeing how people, you know, how they're they're taking all these drugs. I mean, I have a friend that's on like like ten of them. They want us on ten to twelve drugs. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And the drug companies, of course, everybody knows we teach this on our show. They fund the medical schools, they write their textbooks. So it's all about the root of evil. The root of I mean the root of all evil, which is the love of money. That's their God. Money mm-hmm. is what drives them. You know, another office visit, another MRI, another CAT scan, another vaccine, ching, cha ching, ching. It's all about the root of all evil, making money instead of giving yourselves the simplicity of just changing your lifestyle. And, and and you know, discipline yourself twice a year minimum we recommend doing our twenty one day cleanse to clean up the liver, the gallbladder, the lymph, the blood, everything simultaneously, because Gary taught if you just do a liver cleanse only, it's not that you're not getting great results because you are, but he said the toxins would run to the gallbladder. You go to the you know, you have to do everything, flush the cells all at the same time. He was a real big stickler on teaching people. And um, I mean, we've just seen so many, I mean, ALS, we've seen so many labels just disappear just by doing the 21-day cleanse. It's amazing to me.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So yes, as you said, one of the things Gary Tunsky would say is a drug cannot reverse your disease because a drug has no nutritional elements in it. The the, the cell's saying, I run on water, I run on amino acids, I run on oxygen. Where's your oxygen drug? I don't have any. Where's your amino? Where's your vitamins drug? I don't have any. Where's your minerals drugs? I don't have any. Then why are you here? Oh well, because the drug company told me to be. So,
0: that's, that's I'm, a, I'm, g- I'm giggling just because you sound like my husband.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, what he can teach yeah. in his presentation.
1: <laughs> yeah, all of these. Um, when I was writing your husband's book I was always trying to get all these funny bits and put them in the book because they're so they've got so much character they give it so much character so
0: it's so important that you're getting it in writing and I'm even blessed with all the notes he left me Um, I have probably a foot high stack of handwritten notes after father brought the two of us together um with me already teaching the number one talks and the vaccines and right. how to, you know add that on top of what he was the wisdom he already had so i'm typing all that up right now and i'll probably right. reach out to you to help me edit it too <laughs> eventually
1: so try and make it that you know um Gary tonsky's tech like his tech this is the wisdom that you include um Accumulated during his life, and you know that that lives on through us other students. So,
0: that's right. And what's really important, like I was just I just sent out a uh, email yesterday to our database of over six thousand people. That the body's not a chemistry set, and, and even the names, the drugs, they're telling us that they're working against our body's self-healing doctor. Antibiotics, antibio against life. Decongestants, protease inhibitors, beta blockers. So they right. they all of their drugs just again snip the wire. You know, sure, you'll get relief if you have a headache and take a Motrin. But what are you doing to the cell? You're adding more toxins to the cell, so inevitably you're going to come out with a, a, a more aggressive type of cellular malfunction because of adding more toxins on top of the already compounding toxins.
1: Right. So the, I guess I'm like we've talked quite a lot about science today, and I, I guess. I, I'm interested in tackling this myth that pharmaceutical science is scientific. Like it's kinda like if you've got the wrong premise if if you don't understand if you think that the symptom is the disease, then when the doctor treats you, um you might think you're getting better if your symptom goes away. When I'm talking about how they mistakenly the they, they pretend a cancer treatment um, helps you live longer because it shrinks the tumor, or they pretend a statin will contribute to your life because it lowers your cholesterol. What we're saying is they're measuring the wrong stuff. And that uh, the question is, does the patient live longer and healthier? And if they started to measure that with drugs, they might get a big surprise. They might find that people who are not most of the drugs live longer, and they live happier. They they, they have better lifestyles in the long term. And this really came to focus with a book like uh, "Anatomy of an Epidemic" by the um, psychiatrist or by, by the researcher um, Robert Whitaker, where he he showed well they're they're giving out these psychiatric drugs, but when you measure the long term outcomes of patients. People who weren't on the drugs performed better than people who were on the drugs. They were happy, they were healthier, and their mental health was better. So while it gave some patients temporary relief, using it as a long-term solution turned out to be a bad idea. And the evidence in that book was extremely robust. Yet to a large degree, the psychiatric community has seemed to ignore his findings and the findings of others who are critiquing it. But, but it's not just psychiatric drugs. They have a lot of tricks that they can do. Sometimes they only use patients who did well in the product and they can exclude patients who just drop out the trials. They say, well, they dropped out the trials, so they don't really count. But they dropped out the trials because their side effects were severe. So that's actually something that you need to know about the drug. Um, a lot of the time, they run a bunch of studies, and then they just choose the ones that are favourable and submit those to the regulator, and the ones that were unfavourable just disappear. And also, when you look at who volunteers for clinical trials, if you've got a pre-existing condition, if you're if you've got a bunch of diseases already, you're not likely to be taken for a clinical trial because they'll say, "Well, you're too unhealthy. That's risky." But real life patients have real life patients are obese. Real life patients drink too much. Real life patients have drug problems sometimes. So what they're doing is they're doing studies on a relatively healthy population. And then they generalize the results to sick people, to fat people, to old people, to children. Sometimes when you can't really generalize like that, there's so many, there's so many tricks that that have been exposed um, uh, and they still go on. Because again, we come back to the fact that journals, the regulator, the patient advocacy groups, ultimately everyone depends upon the commercial success of drugs for their living. So how can the evaluation of drugs be objective when everyone that's involved in evaluating them more or less requires drug money or tax money, which is effectively drug money because pharmaceutical companies and medical devices companies and insurance companies are massive lobbyists.
0: That's right. You just took it right out of my mouth. I was getting ready to say it. There, all these studies are funded by the drug companies. The money comes from them. And this brings me back to even before Gary with the autism epidemic that went from one in 10,000 in the 80s to you know, now one in 36, I think the CDC is saying. Every study that would come out Proven there was no, you know, no connection to the vaccines and the autism epidemic was funded by the drug companies when you trace it back. So they're paying to basically prove and 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 uh basically mis- misguide people um, that you know that that these scientific studies are real, but it's all about you know it's all about being tied into the finances and the root of all evil.
1: Yeah, but the. Th- They've made this topic so radioactive that no one dares to follow up with the research. I mean, we had the Anthony Mawson study um, and he's now retired because he made that study and they came after him. The Paul Thomas study um, on on the long term health outcomes. He's no longer a practicing paediatrician as a consequence of making that study. I spoke to him. I was on his show. Um, He's a hero. And so you just look at the people who've done studies comparing the long term health outcomes of vaccinated and unvaccinated populations, and you find they get blackballed, they get slandered. Why is that? Why don't they say, Oh, well, let's do more studies? Renee there's eight hundred thousand completely unvaccinated Americans. If the CDC wants to prove that you and I are just crazy conspiracy theorists, it's very easy for them to do. All they need to do is take 100,000 of those unvaccinated people and take 100,000 people who've been vaccinated and just get a list of their health complaints, and then they can age. They can age adjust it. And show us at every age, who has more asthma, vaccinated or unvaccinated? Who has more colitis, vaccinated or unvaccinated? Who has more ME? Who has more, you name the disease label,
0: That's right. Back when I had my nonprofit for my baby girl, there was a doctor, Mayor Eisenstein, and he was a family doctor and he worked with a lot of, um, you know, just everybody, children and adults. And he had a video on the website that basically where he was saying uh, with no vaccines, he didn't have any autism or cancer Mm. because his patients that had no vaccinations they were so much healthier. And that's something the drug companies will never let happen because it would put them out of business. I mean, medical doctors are trained by the drug companies. The schools are funded, the textbooks are written. They are trained to be legal drug dealers. They go to eight years of medical school to teach how to prescribe pharmaceutical drugs.
1: Mm -hmm. And once you've been indoctrinated into that, it's hard to come out of that. But more or less, I mean, Doctors can get impatient with patients because, you know, I have a friend um, who woke up this stuff in his last couple of years in medical school, you know, and he can tell someone, well, you know, you can, they come in demanding some drug or other and he can tell them, well, look, these are the likely side effects and uh, have you taken this drug? I can prescribe it for you, but I don't think it's a good idea. No, they want the drug. So okay, he writes a prescription. A couple of um, six, nine months later, they come in with exactly the health complaint that he anticipated they would come in. If they take the drug, they want want that to be treated. Well, if the drug for that condition, then you're likely to get this condition. No, nope, don't care. Still want the drug. Some people are on, you know, are just when it's difficult to operate once you get into that system because, um you're met with resistance from- but it keeps,
0: You keep coming back though. Like I said, sickness incorporated, Gary used to say, you don't have side effects, you have direct effects mm-hmm. from the pharmaceutical drugs.
1: Yes, I mean, in one case, I a good anecdote that I put it in Gary's book. I can't remember where I read it. There was one drug, I think that it was meant to treat blood pressure, but it created one of the side effects was it grew hair in men so they just switched the direct effect and the side effect and said they had a hair growth drug that you know altered blood pressure stuff like that you know they just switched the side effect and the effect and the marketed effect so all side effects are effects and in your in your late husband's words side effects are diseases drug uh, drugs can get diseases
0: but well, even the names of the labels they give it gary used to say it, they're, they're not doctors they're symptomologists they just right. mask the symptom, um, but even the drugs like hypertension. Hyper means high, tension means pressure. So they say high blood hypertension causes high blood pressure, means high blood pressure. You know, fibromyalgia, it means pain in the muscle fibers. You know, they 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 literally just describe the symptom with the labels they give people. And then, of course, they have all their toxic pharmaceuticals to add to the, you know, they, then they come back later with a more aggressive cellular malfunction like cancer, eventually.
1: Right. And this was right, this was brought to um, focus. I mean, what have they been talking about? The, the main complaint that people are saying from... The COVID jab, myocarditis. What does myocarditis mean?
0: Heart Car- inflammation. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's pain and inflammation in the heart. Right. Second.
0: Or arthritis. If, Itis is it, inflammation. Yeah. If you came colitis into, is I, I'm yeah. inflammation in the colon. <laughs> if you came in, if you came
1: into the doctor and said, "Yeah, you know, my heart hurts." And the doctor said i know what that is you've got pain and inflammation in your heart you'd be like what are you talking about i just i know i just told you i've got pain in my heart but because they put it in latin people think it's a disease myocardial
0: jargon dr knees gary used to call it (laughs) right
1: so what they're just doing is describing your symptoms right?
0: right
1: how can pain in the heart cause pain in the heart but 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 the thing is that is the critical question what is causing the pain in your heart All right <laughs> if you don't know that
0: how are you supposed to reverse that well i'm just so excited that you're and myself were are continuing on the wisdom that our creator gave gary because this is simplicity here you know and uh, it's just amazing that you are gifted to be able to take all this wisdom that you found on him and, and put it, you know, just to give people the information because so many people just don't know. They don't know they have an option. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, they use the enemy's tool, fear, to get us to move. Like I said, you know, they, they scare us. They give us this techno jargon, doctrinese language with this fancy word that we, we, they sound smart. You know, so we, we people just blindly trust them and just listen to everything they say, but mm. to knowing the body has the intelligence to heal on its own. That's what we teach. I'm just so happy we're continuing it. So I thank you so much. So, how much time
1: do we got? Do you want to cover uh...
0: yeah, another five minutes? You can go ahead, whatever you'd like.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the authorities have said that you can. Um, trust the science because editors of some of the most respected journals have warned that they can't protect readers from pro industry bias in the scientific articles they publish. Um, Richard Horton of The Lancet wrote journals developed into information, laund- information laundering options for the pharmaceutical industry. Richard Smith, the former editor of the British Medical Journal, said major medical journals are just an extension of the marketing departments of major drug companies. Marcia Angle, Dr. Marcia Angle, or Angel, I'm not really sure how to pronounce, she was editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and she wrote, it is simply no longer possible to believe much of the clinical research that is published or to rely on the judgment of trusted physicians or authoritative medical guidelines. I take no pleasure in this conclusion, which I reached slowly and reluctantly over my two decades as editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, and I've got more of these, you know, Catherine DeAngelis, editor in chief of the Journal of, the, of JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, Don't believe anything, not one thing, put out by a pharmaceutical company. Just don't believe it. Drummond Rennie, the deputy editor. I like this one. He's very poetic. There seems to be no study too fragmented, no hypothesis too trivial, no literature citation too biased or too egotistical, no design too warped, no methodology too bungled, no presentation of results too inaccurate too obscure and too contradictory. No analysis, too self-serving. No argument, too circular. No conclusions, too trifling or too unjustified. And no grammar and syntax, too offensive for a paper to end up in print. And I would add, that is to say, just as long as it helps sell drugs. So so you've got editors and, and sub-editors of the main journals saying that you can't trust the science you've got and and yet the world keeps on turning no one seems to do anything about it anytime they point out any flaws with the science and journals they say oh yeah yeah these 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 issues may have existed 10 years ago but we fixed them now where's the evidence that they fixed them now when you look at um like you've got institutes like I don't even know who these people are, but they sound important. The Bipartisan Commission on Comprehensive Health Care and, oh, well, you know the, the Institute of Medicine, they put out papers in the 90s saying one saying only 10 to 20% of medical procedures used today have been subjected to randomised clinical trials, which are the most conclusive method of determining if a procedure is medically effective. And the Institutions of Medicine estimating that less than half of treatments and tests are backed up by strong scientific evidence and with the rest being based on very weak evidence or none at all. The British Medical Journal used to publish a report every few years outlining how much of medicine is based on actual scientific evidence but they stopped in 2014. Maybe it's because the last report, which they published in 2013, found that just 11% of medical treatments are beneficial, and 15% have unknown effectiveness. Interest.
0: interesting. That's um, we got to add all this stuff to our front page, because we already have the medical doctors that are waking up. We have a bunch of comments um, on our front page of the vaccinfo.org um, because well, a lot of them are coming to us. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, this is this is an excerpt from the Anthony Samroff book, which I've been putting together for 15 years and I might actually eventually finish. Um, but yes, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome for me to send it to you to, to post up.
0: Yes, please, please, please. Yeah, we definitely want to, you know, show people because, you know, people give these medical doctors a position to trust. And I was the victim of all victims because, you know, uh, you know, her dad, Casey's dad walked in and warned me about vaccinations when I was pregnant with her. And my response was, I'd never be a negligent mother and not vaccinate my child. So it's just we we need to show that these doctors are, you know, the credible people because we give them this blind position of trust when they're just, you know, they're just symptomologists. They're just taught by the drug companies. And, uh, and,
1: this, and this chapter on bad science and medicine, I can't tell you how long it took me to put together, but someone needed to do it. Someone needed to bring all the quotes from all the authorities saying that, Saying that their own industry is subject to poor medicine, I needed to list all the different ways that that drug companies manipulate um, manipulate figures to make good science look bad, and explain and explain how money contaminates everything. Because everyone keeps on telling me that pharmaceutical medicine is scientific, when actually, as I've tried to say in this show, if you look hard enough. They admit in their own publications that it's not that it's not that the science is poor. So that's very um, confounding and frustrating. But I kind of feel like there's a purpose to it. You know, they put this stuff out, they admit it to themselves, and that means that you at home have a free will will choice. You know, you can continue to go along with what the mainstream crowd does or you can just dig a little deeper and and it's there in plain view it's not even hidden Mm. okay okay it might get taken off youtube but it's still there to be found it's still there you can still find it on odyssey or or BitChute. you can still find it if you if you change your um, web browser away from google to an alternative one you can still find all the mainstream articles i mean i'm going to put i'm going to put this stuff out you know some of it's already out and um, on terrainscience.com it's there it's searchable you can find it you can send it to your friends who tell you that pharmaceutical medicine is scientific and say well if scientists if if pharmaceutical medicine is scientific, how come some of the leading authorities in pharmaceutical science say that the science is this bad?
0: Right, that's right. Well, I definitely want your book. You said it's not finished yet, but well, can you send me? I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to add this to our. I want to get your website, theterrainscience.com, on our treatment link, as well as these quotes that you're, you're you're putting in your book. I mean, I just so appreciate you, Anthony. We've got to close now. Until next time um but i just so i, I just uh, thank you is not even enough to continue um what you've been doing and now what you're doing with my late husband's wisdom and and just giving people the options to make an informed choice because people just don't have that informed choice.
1: oh yeah i should mention that if people go to seven pharma i should have mentioned this at the beginning as well the number seven then pharma as in big pharma and then myths, as in Roman or Greek mythology, mm-hmm. you can download a free ebook that has at least some of this information in it, as well as other things that would interest you. And that will also put you on my list, so that when I have more articles, you will receive them. And if and, and when the book comes out, including Gary Tunsky's book, we will have we will be able to email you directly and. Um, and, and let you know about it, so so that will that will keep everyone up to date about publications and whatnot.
0: You're an amazing man. Thank you for coming into my life. God bless you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for all you do as well to make people aware.
0: You're so welcome, sir. You're listening to Vaccine Information Coalition. Our shows could be accessed later on What in the Cell. VACinfo.podbean.com, or you can go to the front page of our vacinfo.org website, and it's right underneath the belly of a little boy um, who's flexing his muscles, right underneath him. It used to be on the belly. Now it's actually underneath his picture. But anyway, um, we're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Our contact number is 954-347-9671. We thank Progressive Radio Network for allowing us to give you this uncompromised truth and yeah, bless.